As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. It's Tuesday, and tonight we're going to continue talking about how to keep the devil out of your life. In the regular TV program this week, I'm teaching on this subject, but tonight I'm going to be discussing this with Denise, Paul, and Joel, and it is going to be great. But hey, the study guide is free. You can download it right now at Renner.org, and then every night you can go through this with us. We're also offering you the whole series called How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life, and I have to mention to you that we're also offering you my book called Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy, Overcoming the Wiles, Devices, and Deception of the Devil, and we're also offering you Dress to Kill. If you don't have Dress to Kill, every Christian needs to have a copy of Dress to Kill, and by the way, millions of people have it, so order your copy too. This is about spiritual warfare. You don't have to take it anymore because you are dressed to kill. And remember, if you need prayer, we're here for you. You can write us, prayer at renner.org, or call us 1-800-742-5593. We want to hear from you. And if you're a partner, we want to say thank you up front. And if you're not a partner, would you please pray about joining us, becoming a part of our partner family? But hey, Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to be here. It is a privilege to be on the program, and it is a privilege to speak to you. We don't take speaking to you lightly at all. We really enjoy sitting down together and talking about the Word of God. And today, of course, we're talking about how to protect yourself from the devil or how to keep the devil out of your life, and I know that today's conversation will be helpful. Please chat with us. If you have not become our friend on Facebook or any other social media, please do that. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe and comment, comment, comment. Home Group, welcome. We're just very honored to be with you tonight, and I am believing that God has a special word for many of you tonight, because none of us want to be captured by the devil. None of us want to be deceived by him. And the word of God gives us instruction and care and love, how that we can maneuver ourselves right out of his grasp. Amen. And Joel, welcome. Thank you. I want to tell you what you said yesterday, your personal testament about worry. Yeah. I think that was very helpful. You think so? I really do. You know, sometimes I worry that maybe I tell too much. Well, don't worry. Don't. <laughs> Didn't worry. Concerned. That don't. I oh. Maybe you're burdened? No, I wasn't even burdened. I actually wasn't even concerned. I think maybe I dealt too. Huh? <laughs> well, last night. All right, you got me. I got you. <laughs> last night we talked about how you can cast your cares onto the Lord and what yes. that really means. And that was so helpful. I think it was very practical and good. But before we get into tonight, I want to remind you that on July 17th, we're going to have an online TV family meeting. Mom and Dad pray for the TV family every night, and I think that means a lot. We do. Every night before we go to bed, Mom and I join hands, and we pray together. We go through a list of people we pray for, and we pray for all of our TV family, media family, all of our partners every single night. But hey, let's open our Bibles. Are you ready? Ready. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Tonight, we're going to go right to verse 8. And remember, you can download the study guide right now, How to Keep the Devil Out of Your Life at Runner.org. But when you come to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter, who by this time is a very old man, he's speaking from his experience. He knows what people deal with in their lives. 
And he told them in verse 7 not to worry mm -hmm. because worry opens a door for the devil to come into your life. He comes in, he begins to devour. When you worry, he de devours your time. He devours your energy. He takes your sleep. He just takes, 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 takes. So then when you come to verse 8, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. The word sober is the Greek word nepho. It really means think straight, be serious, and then he tells us why. Think straight, be serious, then he adds, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant, and he tells us the reason why. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But the word vigilant is the Greek word Gregorio. If your name is Greg or Gregory, that's where your name comes from. Your name really means vigilant. But let me read to you from our study notes. This word Gregorio means, are you ready? To be on high alert or to put up one's guard against a sinister outside force or enemy. And in fact, this word vigilant, the Greek word Gregorio, was only used when there was some kind of a sinister force on the outside that wanted to get on the inside. And because you realized it was so sinister, you would put up some kind of a barricade or a blockade or bars on the window. You would do something to make sure that sinister force would never get on the inside. You keep him out. Keep the devil on the outside. Now I want to give you an illustration. For many years, Denise and I lived right downtown Moscow with our family. I was just counting today. We lived in four downtown apartments. And one of them was right behind the Duma. If you don't know what the Duma is, the Duma is the Parliament. And it was literally across the street from Red Square. Paul, how many minutes? If you walked from our house to Red Square, two minutes? You're just right under the underpass and you're on Red Square. You're just on Red Square. In fact, when John uh, Lennon, when uh, Paul McCartney came, and gave his concert on Red Square. We didn't even have to buy a ticket. We just sat on our balcony and watched the whole thing. It was right on Red Square. That's where we lived. Our kids grew up playing on Red Square. That is just amazing, guys. Yes, it was a great experience. You know, you didn't miss anything when we left the United States. Our life has been an adventure. It has been an adventure. <laughs> but in the early, early years, before President Putin came to power, Moscow had a lot of gypsies. Moscow had a lot of homeless people, had a lot of bums. There were a lot of them. But when President Putin came to power, order came, and all of that disappeared. But in the early, early years, when we lived right downtown Moscow, we actually lived in one apartment where when we came in, sometimes at night, we had to step over the homeless people on the way up the steps to get into our apartment. And, you know, it really bothered Denise. Well, of course, Denise is a woman. You never know what those homeless people are going to do. Are they going to hurt? Are they going to harm? And it really bothered Denise. So we left that apartment. We finally moved to another apartment that had lots of deadbolts, lots of deadbolts. But downtown, there were homeless people. There were street kids. There were gypsies. And Denise got into the habit of locking the doors. Is that right, Denise? Yeah, I've been looking the door all my life. My mother locked the door. My father locked the door. Many people lock the door. Well, you know I grew mama, up in a house that never locked the door. You know, Mama, that's where I get it from. I'll go to bed at night, and I'll say to my wife, Oda, did you lock the door? 
And she says, I don't know if I locked the door or not. I said, what do you mean you don't know if you locked the door? So I get out of bed and go lock the door. I lay down and I think, well, did I lock all the locks? And I can get back up, Mama, and lock the second lock. Of course, I locked both locks. Yes. But that's where I get it You're from. You're just a checker. Just a checker. Well, Denise was <laughs> a habitual locker. And that was okay because we were living downtown. But then we moved to the outside of town. And our house is on a piece of property. Trees, beautiful trees, big, big field behind our house. We're no longer living in the middle of 22 million people like we did for years which I really loved. But anyway, but Denise kept locking the door. I mean, locking the door. She wanted another lock on the door. And it kind of became a joke between me and Denise. I'd say, hey, Denise, did you lock the door? You know, there's a lot of people out here. There was nobody out here. But Denise was always locking the door. Just to go and let the dog out, you had to unlock all the locks because we were living inside a safe because Denise was always locking the door, locking the door. She would say, Rick, did you lock the door? And I think, what is wrong with her? There's nobody out here. One day, I was watching the news. I was sitting back in the TV room, and all of a sudden, I heard Denise screaming in the front of the house. She said, Rick, come, come quick. She sounded really panicked. So I jumped up, I ran to the front of the house, and here's exactly what she said. Now, Denise, you can confirm I'm telling the truth. She said, Rick, look out the peephole of the locked door. Now, remember, I made fun of her all the time for locking the door. It was a joke between us. So she says, look out the peephole of the locked door. She was emphasizing that she is the one that had locked the door. So I opened the little latch on the peephole and looked out. And what do you suppose I saw standing outside the front door of our house? A naked lady. A naked lady was standing outside the front door of our house. Well, I don't know if you've ever gone to the front door of your house to find a naked lady standing there. And she wasn't just standing there. She was banging on the door saying, let me in this house. And she was actually saying, this is my house. I'm coming into this house. Well, who was she? She was a young girl on drugs who had been way, way back in the forest behind our house. Oh, there's a huge forest behind your house. Huge, beautiful Russian forest. But she came walking across the field and the back gate was open. That was the first mistake. And because the gate was open, she wandered onto our territory, up to our front door, and now the naked woman on drugs is banging on the door saying, let me in this house, let me, this is my house. But she couldn't get in because the door was locked. Who locked the door? Your mother. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> so we called a man who helps us with our property, and he came. And he brought a blanket, and he tried to wrap it around the girl. She kept throwing it off, and Denise and I are watching all of this through the peephole because we're not unlocking the door. It's a whole drama happening right on our front porch. Finally, somehow, he gets the blanket around her, takes her by the hand, walks her to the back of the house. And by that time, Denise and I are following, and we've walked to the back of the house. We're looking out the back window to see what's going to happen to the naked woman. 
and he walks her out the back gate, takes the blanket, and leaves her there. Denise and I are looking through the blinds. We're watching this whole event. And the naked woman just stood there waiting for him to disappear so she could wander back onto the property. That's exactly what the devil does. Finally, she turned around, and Denise and I watched as the naked woman walked across the field, walked and walked and walked, and disappeared back into the forest from which she had come. Wow. I looked at Denise, and Denise said, Well, Rick, what do you think about that locked door? And of course, she was reminding me that I usually made fun of her for locking the door, but the woman didn't get in the house only because Denise locked the door. And because the door was locked and bolted shut, the naked woman couldn't get in. Now, let me ask you, what if the door hadn't been locked? It would have been a totally different picture. Can you imagine how ugly that would have been? It's very possible that I've been sitting in my robe on the couch watching the news and looked up as the naked woman walked into the TV room. And, you know, we could have gotten her out of the house, but it was a lot easier to keep her out than to get her out once she got in. And because Denise locked the door, the naked woman couldn't get in the house. And I just had another memory. When I was a kid, my parents never locked the door. Your parents locked the doors? Yes. My parents never locked the doors. <laughs> and one day I came home from school. I was in high school. Walked in the house, went into the kitchen. And in our kitchen, I saw the weirdest stuff. My mother had some Oscar Mayer hot dogs in the freezer, and they were all out, and they were unwrapped and half-eaten and laying all over the counter. I thought, that is so strange. Who would have done that? I left the kitchen, walked back into my parents' TV room, and laying on the couch. Have I ever told you guys this story? Never heard this story. I've heard this. There was a man on drugs. Actually, he was drunk. And he was laying on the couch. And I said, what are you doing in here? There was a park behind our house. He said, well, the door was open. I came in and ate some hot dogs. <laughs> He's pretty honest. We ended up calling the police. We could not get him out of the house. We had to call the police to get the man out of the house. And from that day forward, guess what? We locked the doors. I started carrying the key. It was the first time the Renner family locked the door because the drunk came in and ate our Oscar Mayer hot dogs and was laying on the couch. <laughs> so we decided it's time to lock the doors and make sure an intruder doesn't get in. Take all of that into this verse because that's really what Peter's talking about. Peter says, there's someone on the outside that wants to get in your life. He's called the devil. He wants to get in. He's going to try to get in. And if you don't shut the door, he will get right into the middle of your personal affairs and you can get him out. Mm -hmm. You have authority. There are other believers that can agree with you. You have counselors that can help you to undo a mess. The better to keep him out so that he never has access. Okay, now that leads us to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. And Paul, I want you to read it from the King James Version. Ephesians 4, verse 27. 
All right, one moment. Ephesians 4, verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Okay, you see that word place? Yes. It's the word topos. Physical location. A physical location. It's where you get the same word for a topographical map. The word topos describes a real physical location. And when Paul says, neither give place to the devil, the Greek says, neither give topos, which means the devil is really looking for a concrete way. He's looking for an open door or a crack or a window, some concrete location through which he can slither into our lives. Hmm. Which means, by the way, the most important kind of spiritual warfare, you know, I want you to get my book called Dress to Kill. Dress to Kill is so powerful. I want you to know how to use every spiritual weapon that's available to you. But the highest level of spiritual warfare is not using spiritual weapons. The highest level of spiritual warfare is living right. Because when you live right and you do right and you obey God and you're living a holy and a consecrated life, guess what? Every door is closed. Every window is closed. Every crack is sealed, and the devil can circle you and circle you and circle you and circle you, but he'll find no topos, no place, no access point to get into your life. And I really believe this is what Jesus was referring to in John chapter 15 when Jesus said to the disciples, the prince of this world is coming. He knew the devil was coming after him. And then he makes this amazing statement, but he has no place in me. Mm. It was the equivalent of saying, come on, devil. You can circle me and circle me, circle me 10,000 times, but you'll never get in here because in my life, there's no open door. There's no crack. There's no window opened. Everything is sealed tight. Come on, devil. The prince of darkness, come with all of your power. You'll have no entry place in me mm. because every door is closed. Every window is closed. Every crack is sealed. The devil can have no entrance. Is that amazing? Just amazing. Is wow. That amazing. Which means if we're living right, the majority of our attacks are finished. Yes. But it also talks about our responsibility, meaning that we are responsibility for our own lives. And I, I like, as, as a husband, as a father, I feel responsible to protect my family. And there are some things that we do perhaps unintentionally, that provide an opening from within for the devil to get in. And then there are some things that you can intentionally do to close those doors, meaning you have authority. There are things you can do to change the atmosphere in your home, to protect your family from potential attacks. And sometimes you think, well, there's no harm in that. Well, maybe not yet. You know, there's no harm in that. That's okay. And there are so many things that just seem so like lighthearted. Like watching TV programs that may tolerate a little immorality. That's a big open door that will get into the heads of your kids. I want to give you a real concrete example from our lives. Mm -hmm. All right, when Mom and I were traveling in the early days of our ministry, we traveled on a little tiny Isuzu. Joel wasn't born yet. Paul was in the back seat. Philip was on Denise's lap because it was the day before car seats were a law. And that almost sounds like saying the day before internet, like so long ago. Well, the, yeah. the car, car seats were not enforceable yet. <laughs> yeah. So Denise was carrying Philip, and Paul, you were in the back seat. And we had so much luggage in our car, 
we would like dig through stuff to say, is Paul back there? Did we remember to put Paul in the car? Because you forgot me once. Oh, don't, don't go there. Your mother doesn't like that story. I don't believe it. Anyway, let's get back to our point. Mental block. So, <laughs> so sometimes when you're in a really tight, compact environment like that, doesn't matter how much you love each other, you can get on each other's nerves. And Denise and I occasionally would get into strife. Now, Denise and I are not strifeful people, and we just don't get into strife very often. We just don't do that. But occasionally, we would just get into strife. I mean, we were nearly joined at the hip in that tiny little car. In fact, that car was so tiny, I can remember my hip getting locked in position. I'd have to get out of the car and work my hip. And Denise was there holding Philip. Paul was in the back seat crying because he didn't want to be in the car seat. It wasn't even a legal requirement. He didn't know why he had to be in it. And he kept getting out of it, and I kept putting him back in it. He'd get out, and I'd put him back in. I saw a photo of that, a photo of that car on some mountain you guys were Yeah. The car was taller than it was wide. That's because all the luggage was Because of the luggage. But we would occasionally get into strife, and Denise and I began to notice something. What do we notice, Denise? We noticed that when we get into strife, that something would happen to the kids. They would get sick. They would get <clears throat> sick. Paul would get an earache, or Philip would get a fever. Well, one night, Philip put his hand in this hot, 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 hot coffee and had second-degree burns. And on that night, that particular night, Rick and I were in strife. We were in strife. And we finally woke up, and we said, wait a minute. Every one of these events have happened when we are in strife. And we realized that our strife was a door opener. It was a crack. We didn't have sickness in our home. We really didn't have strife in our home. But if Denise and I got into strife, it was like a crack was formed. And the enemy would come in and would begin to attack our children. And there we are. Oh, Philip has put his hand in that cup of coffee, crying and crying and crying. We didn't realize how badly he was burned until we turned the light on and the skin had melted off of his hand and was laying on his arm. Oh, it was awful. We took him to the hospital where there was a sister in the Lord that helped us. But we had to take him to a hospital every single day to have his bandages changed. And that's when Denise and I said, you know what? No more strife. Mm -hmm. And we made in our family, and it's carried over into our church, into our whole ministry, a policy that we live by. <clears throat> and it is called a no-strife policy because that was an example that we learned that opens a crack. It opens a crack. Now, Denise and I were living for God. We were preaching. We were praying. But every once in a while, we'd get into strife. And that became a place, a topos an access point through which the enemy came into our family. So we repented. And when you repent, you close the door, you close the window. Repentance seals every crack mm -hmm. so that even if the prince of this world comes, he has no access. Mm -hmm. Amen. Joel, what are you thinking? I'm thinking about a story, and I don't know if we have time for this. But I'm thinking about a story of a kingdom you told me about. And the king took his people and they went up to some mountain. Sardis. Sardis. And they locked themselves on this mountain. And over time, this strong, strong fortress, fortress 
the, the land had moved and formed cracks in the walls. That's right. And when the enemies came, they noticed what the king forgot about. And the king forgot the land moves and cracks were formed and he became neg negligent. And the enemy went through those cracks and took over the fortress. Think about that. The city of Sardis was legendary. Legendary. It's even referred to in the book of Isaiah. Here they were in their fortress thinking they were so secure and so smug that they failed to look at their foundations and they were forming cracks that they became unaware of and the enemy penetrated them through their cracks. That's how most Christians fall into problems. Most Christians are not living in outright sin. They don't handle their money right, it forms a crack. They don't spend enough time with their spouse, it forms a crack. They allow their kids to watch something on TV they shouldn't watch, it forms a crack. These little cracks form, and at first you think, well, you know what, it's not serious. But they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and when the devil finds them, usually his entrance into our lives is through something that we really knew we needed to take care of. It was a crack. You know, the nature of a crack is just to get wider. The only way that you seal up a crack or stop the cracking is to seal it up. So we can't just act like, oh, there's a crack, but it's not very serious. I don't have to do anything about it. No, it's going to get larger. Awesome. Joel? What I want to say also is it takes a lot of persistence, a lot of work, consistency, to, to make sure cracks don't get worse and worse and worse. You know, I'm sure you all live in homes, and you can tell that when you moved into your house, maybe everything was ideal. 20 years later, probably your house needs some work. But if you stay consistent and take care of your house over time, every year, whenever there's a problem, usually those houses are pretty good taken, to get, taken care of over time. And it takes a lot of work to make sure your finances are in order, make sure your diet's in order. Um, and you'll be grateful you were consistent about it. Well, actually, when we come back tomorrow night, we're going to see explicitly how the devil takes people down. If you know how your enemy works, then you can stop him from working. But we're out of time. Hey, if you need prayer, call us 1-800-742-5593 or send us an email at prayer at renner.org. It's been so good to be here together with you and with our home group. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.